Hey guys, it's time for Nina's Got Good News. Nina's a former TV news gal who used to share all the news. Now, as a mom and small businesswoman, she wants to share only the good stuff. It's time to brighten your day. So here's your host, Nina B. Clark. Hi, everyone. I am Nina Clark, your host of Nina's Got Good News, and we are rolling. We are doing this today. This is so fun. You guys are back. We're back. We're all back. First up, I just want to say that I'm so grateful for all of you. Nina's Got Good News is now one year in. That's right. Our third baby just turned one. Thank you for all the support over the past year. This is a movement to share good news, and we are growing every single week with a new episode on iTunes and Spotify, and now we're also on Stitcher. Today, in podcast number 47, we're focusing on summer reading. And yes, you're going to have homework with this episode. I'm just kidding. But we are going to be talking to best-selling author Emily Liebert. Emily has written five books, and her brand new book has literally just been released. It's book number six, called Pretty Revenge. And Emily is with me here in my house I in am. Connecticut. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Nina. Thank you for having me. How are me. you? I'm great. Thank here we you. are. In, here we are in my daughter's bedroom. Isn't this so fun? It's like a makeshift studio. So I love fun, this right? I want to live here. <laughs> I mean, the pinks and the yellows. I know. Well, she's like a lily. In. She's like a lily Pulitzer girl. So we had this like vintage lily fabric, and she's into the whole thing. Very cool. Yeah. Well, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, Emily. Give us a scoop on your background. Sure. So um, I grew up in New York City, and then I went to Smith College. You're so smart. So So smart. smart. (laughs) Graduated from Smith College, thankfully. After that, I went to work at ABC News for Peter Jennings, which was fantastic experience. But I soon realized that even though I wanted to be in the world of journalism, TV wasn't for me. Um, Unless I was going to be on air, (laughs) which, and I wasn't prepared to go work in like, you know, some crazy town in middle America. So that wasn't going to work for me. So after that, I um, decided to go into magazines and I got the job as editor in chief of the WAG, which is a luxury lifestyle magazine covering Westchester and Lower Fairfield County. And so that's Five years I was editor of that and wrote hundreds of articles on beauty, lifestyle, fashion, travel, interviewed a lot of local celebrities for the cover. Um, And I loved doing that, but I wanted to sink my teeth into something bigger, a bigger kind of project that wasn't just this like kind of, you know, sort of hamster wheel of writing articles. So I left and I was very fortunate to get hired to be an editor for Carrie Kennedy, who's Robert Kennedy's daughter, one of Robert Kennedy's daughters um, and a good friend of mine. And I worked on her book, Being Catholic Now, which ended up being a New York Times bestseller. And then I decided I was going to write a novel, which was something I had always wanted to do. So that kind of gave you your writer's bug, like you knew then yeah, that this is what you were going to do. Yeah, I loved to write. I was on the you know newspaper in college and in high school, and I had always loved to write, but I had never written a book, obviously, and that gave me the bug to write a book. Yeah. I thought if I can edit someone else's book, I can write a book of my own, 
And I decided that that would also be a great sort of long-term career for me and that I knew I wanted to be married and have a family and working for yourself, as you know, is the greatest thing yep. ever. It's also very challenging in, yep. in certain ways, but it's the greatest thing. And well, because so, we control our schedules, which exactly. is good, right? Like if I want to get a manicure on a Tuesday morning, I can. Right. And that may mean I work till nine o'clock that night. Right. But, but that's okay. You know, it's a trade-off. Yeah. And so I um, I wrote a novel, which was loosely based on my relationship at the time, which is not my current relationship. And I got an agent with that novel. Was that Facebook fairies? No, that no. novel never saw the light of oh, day. Oh, okay. So that novel was about to be pitched to editors, and that's when I got the idea for Facebook fairy tales. Okay, fairy tales. Got and it. I went, See, I didn't read that one. I've only read Pretty Revenge. <laughs> I'll get you a copy yes. of all of them. I want them all. Um, you will have the volume, <laughs> the Emily Lieber volume. I, um, yeah, so then I wrote this book. My agent was about to pitch it, and I said, listen, there's this thing, Facebook, and it seems like it's this big phenomenon, and there have to be amazing stories that are coming from that. And my agent said, find me a few stories, and I did. You know, if you think these stories are out there, find a few that are amazing. I did. And she was like, we need to jump on this now. And so we jumped on that. And then that was sort of a whirlwind. It ended up getting optioned by Mark Burnett Productions. Unfortunately, nothing came of it. Um, But still, that's huge. But still, it was awesome. And then I went back to that novel and reread it and said, and was past that point in my life. I was then broken up with that significant other. And um, I said, "I, I don't want this book to come out into the world. I want to write a different book. And that was You Knew Me When. And that book sold in a two-book deal with When We Fall with Penguin Random House. And then after that, I did another two-book deal with Penguin Random House for Those Secrets We Keep and Some Women. And then with Pretty Revenge, I just switched genres from women's fiction to psychological suspense. I know. And switched publishers to Simon oh, & Schuster. Okay. Well, I want to talk about The Little Pivot. Because this is the first time you've sort of dipped into this different genre. So Mm -hmm. why did you decide to do that? I loved writing women's fiction, Mm -hmm. but it started to feel not substantial enough for me. And that is not to say that women's fiction books aren't a fabulous escape and a beach read and that there are not so many talented writers who are writing those kinds of books. For me personally, I wanted to get into something that challenged me a little more and that was a bit edgier, like I am. Yes, <laughs> and I like that. I had been reading a lot of, a lot of psychological thrillers, psychological suspense, and really enjoying them and felt that it would be something that would be fun and more provocative for me to try and do. And I think that there are enough women's fiction elements of this book that it's not like I went completely dark. You didn't go off the rails. Yeah, yeah she's I going mean, rogue. I think my my women's fiction readers will they're also still gonna, read They're Pretty still going to love this. And then yeah. maybe it'll attract, um, you know... A few new readers. A second layer yep. of readers. Yeah, I love that idea. So did you time... I mean, I feel like the timing is perfect, right? It comes out in the beginning of July. It's like the start of summer. Did you time that kind of on purpose? 
because everyone's going on vacation intentionally. Yes, I mean the publisher. I thought that was perfect. Yeah, the publisher knows that this is going to be a great summer read. It is, Um, and so they time it that way. And I did not know when they timed it that the book would come out about a week after my kids went to sleepaway camp. That is fabulous unintentional timing. Yes, because then you can get out and promote it. Right, it just allows me to do everything without feeling guilty about not being with the kids enough or having to, you know, involve myself in this huge, like, you know, equation of who's going to be taking care of who, when, and where everyone's going to be. It just makes it easy for me to just get up and go. Yeah. And how long did Pretty Revenge take for you to write it? How long was that process? This book took at least a year for me to write. And that is for one reason and one reason only, which is that I wrote it without an outline. Oh. Much to the chagrin of my agent, who continued to tell me that I needed an outline, and I sort of thought I was just going to, you know, spill all the words onto the page freeform, which apparently does not work for me. Doesn't always and work out. The result of that is a heavy and extensive edi- editing process on the back end. Okay, which so is that's... not what I'm used to because I am used to writing books with an outline that has already been approved, and there's pretty minimal editing to do on the back end. Yeah, gotcha. So this was different for me. Um, However, I am happy to say that my next book is already written that is also psychological suspense, and I did do a very extensive 30-page outline for that, and it was much easier this time around. Oh, my God. You're like a machine, Emily. This is amazing. I love it. So – do you are these are the characters in Pretty Revenge? Are they based on anyone in your real life? They are not. Okay, which is new for me. Okay, in my last, not even like loosely based. No, no. Okay, no. Okay. Um, Jordana, one of the main characters, yep. um, is named after a good friend of mine. Oh, okay. So you just took um, the name, not intentionally, mm-hmm. but I just sort of love the name yeah, for that. It's a great character, name. And I love that, you know, it was yep. her name, but she's not based on her in any way. Okay. Um, so no on that front, I do like to always get, um, some of my friends, kids names or their names in the book, not their whole name, yeah, but, that's but just their cute. first name that's fun. or something like that. Yeah, that's fun. Um, but and uh, are you no. plotting revenge on anyone right no, now? No, I'm not. That's <laughs> you the sure? funny thing. Um, this isn't based on anybody, <laughs> unlike some of my other books where characters have been loosely based on people or just situations that happened to me. This book is really um just out of my imagination. And I'm a little dark. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, but you know, I I might, there are not, you know, unicorns and rainbows in my Always, head. yeah, f- always um, floating around. So, okay. Uh, and also, I should say that I'm not a vengeful person, mm-hmm. but I do hold a grudge. And so revenge makes sense to me. The yeah. want for revenge makes sense to me. Right. You can relate to that on yes, some level. Yeah. Okay. So don't mess with me. Yeah, we're not. We're Team Emily. Are you kidding? <laughs> I like love you and I love this book. So I'm sure people that are listening are wondering something that I was thinking about too is that this is your sixth book and you've had so much success. And I'm like, what is her secret, right? Like, what is it? Because, you know, there's so many people out there that either want to write a book or they have written a book and nothing really comes of it, Right. You're yeah, no, and you've for definitely sure. like broken out. 
Is it that you found your niche? Are you really good at marketing? Is it all of the above? What do you What do you think? Like, what's it your, is one? What, thing. what are your tips? It is one thing. I'm a hustler. Yep. Period. That's actually what my agent calls me, and I hustle. I don't rest on the laurels of letting the people who were hired to promote the book promote the book. I am out there with them promoting, thinking of every angle. I hire an outside publicist, um, independent of the publishing house. So I have two amazing publicists working for me. I hired someone um, most recently for the month of the launch to do my social media for me, uh, my professional social, social media. So we we talk about it together, but you know she helps. You me need help with yeah. it. She she makes the plan and yep. tells me what to do every day. Oh my god, Otherwise, we all need that. Forget. Can I hire her too? Um, all of the <laughs> posts about my life are you know are you are yeah. only. Only come from me, but um, I just throw everything at the wall and ask everyone I know for help. So you're networking too all the time, I'm like networking. trying to connect. Even though I'm a total introvert and just want to stay home every single night, I do get out and try to network. Um, I prefer to network from home, which isn't possible. Right. I know, but you know, <laughs> we have our phones. Moron. Um, <clears throat> But uh, yeah, no, I just hustle. I I work hard. That's, that's what yeah. it comes down to. Yeah. Well, it's pretty, yeah, that's amazing, right? Strong work ethic and hustle. I like those two things. Um, but do you think if someone's listening and they have an idea for a book, is it, do you think it's, you're going to have more success if you stick to one thing or like one genre? I mean, in your case, it's different because you had all this success, so you were able to pivot but what do you think if someone out there has an idea for the book, for a book? Um, I think, think they, they should sh- write it. Um, okay. I get told often that people, you know, want to write a book or have a book in them. I'm sure. People and probably I, come to you all the time. Well, everyone, it's a funny thing, but not everyone, but a lot of people think that their lives are book worthy. Right. And in some cases they are, in some cases they're not, obviously. Unfortunately, in order for your life to be bookworthy in the way of a memoir, it has to be so unbelievable <laughs> or so poetically written. Right. Um, you know, that people are going to want to read it if you're not a celebrity. Mm-hmm. If you're not a celebrity, right. I should say, because people have heard everything these days, mm-hmm. you know. Um, if people want to write a book of fiction, I say do it. Write what you're passionate about. Write what you know, um, unless you want to write about, you know, zombies and sci-fi because that's right. something you're interested in. That may not be, be something that, you know, is part of your actual life, but it is still something you know about. And um, I say read other books. See what level you need to be at in order to publish a book traditionally because I'm not going to lie, it is hard. Hard work. And it has only gotten harder, much harder, since I started writing books. Right, I'm sure. Now, describe what what is your typical, like if you were to paint a picture of the typical Emily Liebert reader, is it? Female. Yeah, yeah, give us the demographic. (laughs) I would female, female mostly. Maybe a few men with this book, but mostly female. Between the ages of, you know, late, 20s to late 40s is probably my sweet spot. Yeah. Obviously, there are people in their 50s and 60s who read the book. I don't know how many people in their teens are reading the book. It's not really for teenagers, any of my books. Um, 
But yeah, if you're if you love to read, if you like women's fiction, if you like psychological suspense, if you like thrillers, if you like books about Manhattan society, um, this would be the book yeah. for you. I know. You're my it's, reader. It's so good. And it's not... Beach read. <laughs> for, for everyone that knows me knows I'm like the worst reader. So the fact that I was able to get through it says a lot. Like it was... I wanted to keep going, you know? Well, that's good. Yeah. So I was I was intrigued by it all. It was so good. So now what, do you, what are your thoughts on Audible? Um, do you think... How do you think Audible has changed kind of the literary landscape? What do you think about Audible? I do love you it. listen to I'm Audible? I'm all for it. I think yeah. it's great that people can listen. There are people who are as diehard have to hold a book in my hand as there are only want to listen to it, don't right. want to read it. And I think it's great for people that commute or one of my friends, um, while she's going around her house dusting, <laughs> she listens to my uh, my book on tape. I love and, it. So are uh, all of yours now on Audible? Yes. Okay. And Pretty Revenge will yep. be out on Audible too? Yes. Okay, it, good. Well. I love that because I'm a big Audible. I'm a big Audible fan. All right. Now, one of the things that I love, again, going back to your hustle, because this is a really good idea, but... This is something that I hadn't heard of before, that you offer yourself up to book clubs to come in either in person if they're if they're around Fairfield County, Connecticut or Westchester, New York, you know, somewhere local, or you'll Skype into their book clubs. Tell Absolutely. me about like, where did that idea come from? I thought that was so smart. And again, hustle. So I'm where did that take come credit from? credit for the idea okay. because a lot of authors okay. do it's See, I'm just not familiar. Not, not all, okay. but many authors will do it. Um, and I'm sure someone else was doing it, you know, six books ago when I started. But I love it. It's one of my favorite things to do is Skype in with a book club or visit a book club because they're all just excited about the book. They've all read it. Everyone's having a little wine and cheese. And it's just so fun to either be there physically or... Or be able to see everyone. Yeah, and that on way my you can connect and right? see my readers. Connect I love with your readers. Yeah. Yes, I love that. And then they ask you questions about totally. the characters and stuff. Absolutely. Oh, that's so cool. I love that idea. That was I thought that was really smart. So let's talk a little bit more about, you know, because you're really good at this. Social media. You're really good at this. But so what are your tips for authors out there? Like how do you work social media so well? How do why do you think it's important? for authors to have a presence, to be engaged on social media? Why do you think that's important and what are your tips? Well, so many people are reached via social media these days that it's a necessary, you know, maybe a necessary evil to, um, that we have to be on, I would say Instagram, Facebook. Those are your two. Twitter, but right. I re I'm more on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and I try to post interesting content that's not just about me and the mm -hmm. book. I do obviously want to let people know about the book coming out and events and things that are happening, but... I also want to be posting pictures of who I am as a person, that I'm with my children and my husband and that we're out on a boat or we're going on a trip or we're at the ice cream place. People want to know that there is more to you than just your book sales. So that's one big thing I keep in mind. And I try to post interesting content. Um, you know, I don't just post like a picture of a flower and be like, it's a beautiful day. I don't give I'm, us more Emily, nothing right? Negative to yeah. people who do right. that. It's just not me. It doesn't right. represent a little who more, I am. A little more content. Um, yeah. I like to infuse personalities. So I'm kind of a dry sense of humor yeah. kind of. So you, so your sense of humor person. comes through. Yeah, I love and that. I like that to come through if I'm doing a video or something like that. 
also, I do not ever doll myself up for social media. I like what you see is what you get. I don't wear makeup seven out of seven days a week unless I'm going to an event. And so if you see me, you're going to see my sunspots and my wrinkles and my face with no makeup on so you're and my real. hair not washed. This is the real, the real That's Emily. Me. And yeah. I'm going to be in workout gear, like, yep. you know, 9.9 out of 10 percent of the time. Um, so, yeah. So I think that you just have to be authentic mm-hmm. um, and you have to engage with other people's posts, too. Like other people's posts, comment, follow people who you want to follow you back um, and just sort of be on enough not to let yourself become obsessed with it or to po- over post, which yep. is the worst. Don't over post. No over posting, everyone. Are no. you listening? Golden rule. No over posting. Don't do it. Don't be that girl or guy. No, where's the whole, you also, I, one of the things I love about you that you posted about recently was that you also teach bar. I do. I thought that was so cool. So where did that come from? I'm like, whoa, Emily's got a lot going on, right? All I these books, she's a mom, and she's also fitting in time to teach fitness classes at yeah, the, I teach at Pure Bar. Bar at Pure Bar Westport. Um, so cool. I have been a teacher there for about Four years almost, I think. Yeah, because I moved to Westport. When I moved to Westport, I had come from a history of being a runner, but did never loved running, never felt a passion for it. I'd also danced all my life, and I wanted to tone up. I wanted to, you know, I think I, like, saw myself walking toward a storefront and saw, like, like the, like, skin under my arm jiggling and was like, okay, girl, you're not young anymore. Yep. Time to tone this up. Yep. So I went for one class, fell in love. I think I, w- I went for over 100 classes the first year. Wow. And every now and then the owner and a couple of the teachers would say, hey, would you ever consider teaching? Because it just, because of being a dancer, my life, it, it just came very naturally to me. And um, I was always saying, I can't because I write a book every 10 months. And at the time, my kids were even younger than they are now. And I say, I have two little kids. I I don't see how that would fit. And I just couldn't stop thinking about it. And it also felt like this challenge. It's not easy to become a teacher. You don't just make up the class. It's a intensive training process, which I went to three different trainings for, the first of which is nine hours one day and I think five hours the next day. And then there were a few more after that. And um, I just loved it. From the minute I became a teacher, I'm not shy, so I liked being on the mic. Anytime someone will listen to me for 50 straight minutes is a good day for me. Yeah. Also, anytime no are your one kids will talk listening? To me. Are your kids right. listening? No, but you know what? I my, they have never come to take a class because they're too young. But my husband has not come to take a class oh, either. Let's challenge he's him now. The, oh, he knows he's in the dog. He's never come coming. He knows yeah. he's in the doghouse for it, and he's all good because he has to listen to you for fifty minutes on the mic. Totally, he's yeah. like, I listen to you plenty. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> all right, we might have to get the husbands to go. Um, so now I want you to put your mom hat on now. Sure. Um, since you work for yourself, you're an entrepreneur in in the book world, how do you juggle it all? I feel like it's almost, sometimes it can almost be harder when, when we work at home, right? Unless, do you go to an office to write? So I have an office at home, which I do work out of occasionally under a rare circumstance of 
prolonged silence okay. in the house, which is never. Uh, but I do have an office um, in Westport that I go to when I'm writing. Okay. Yes. But so you have all this going on, right? All these amazing books and you have the, you have the kids. So how, what are you, what are your thoughts on how to juggle it all? I feel like that's something that we all struggle with all the time and it's, it's so hard. And I'm sure you talk about it with all your girlfriends too. All yeah, your, no, all I mean, your... I have a system. I My kids are in school all day yep. or they're in camp all thank, day. Thank goodness for school. So <laughs> five days a week, my kids are gone yep. from first thing in the morning until four or five o'clock because mm-hmm. they have activities after. Um, and so I wake up. I, well, let me say this. Basically, sometimes between when they get on the bus at 8.04 and I would say... Three, four o'clock, all of my writing gets done, all of my errands get done, and a workout gets That's done. That's smart. You get it all in in that. Then yeah. after three, four o'clock, I then come home and have conference calls, do things like emails, the other part of my job, do promotional stuff. I mean, that's all going on. I mean, yep. you know, I'm checking email, obviously, yeah. all day. But um, And then by the time my kids come home around five o'clock, Later, if they're, you know, if they have baseball practice or something like that, we do family dinner together. I do, I, you know, sit down and help them with their homework. And you try I to be done with work. Yeah. Until later, until eight. they go to bed or something. Right. Okay. That's um, smart. No, I don't, I don't work at that point. Okay. I'm done at that point. Usually I'm not a late night worker. Yeah. I work all smart. day long and I don't usually work late at night unless there's a specific reason, like a book club. Or, yeah. Um, like tonight I'm doing, um, an event online, you mm-hmm. know, that kind of thing. So, um, that time by that time. And then on the weekends, unless it's a really busy time for me, I try not to write. So I'm keeping up with any emails that come in, but it's not usually, you know, very, very demanding. And I'm with my kids. You're trying to have family time on the weekends. Yes. Yeah. I like that idea. Family time. Right. So this is how you keep keep yourself sane. Yeah. Is to have this. You have yeah. a good schedule, it seems like. I do. Yeah. I have. I mean, listen, is there a day when one of the kids is sick? I know. And, you yeah. know. Or there's a snow day. Home. or Yeah. But they're also old enough now. Yeah. And I am efficient enough with my work that I can't, af- can't not afford to give up a day. Mm-hmm. What do you love most about being an author and writing books? That I can... Well, I just love to write. I wouldn't be happy if I wasn't mm-hmm. writing. That's my calling. That's my passion. So that's a given. But beyond that, I love being able to be on my own schedule. Um, and I love being able to be an introvert for, you know, 10 months out of the year and then two months be in the spotlight mm-hmm. and having people pay attention. Yep. Yeah, that must be really fun. Now, what's the most challenging thing as an author and how do you overcome that? What's your biggest challenge as an author? Getting the first draft out. Okay. So then how do you overcome that? I <laughs> force yourself. Push myself. Yeah. Yeah. I and just that, push through it. And you don't have a boss standing over you telling you to do I it. I don't right? have a direct boss. I do have a contract with my publisher. Okay. So they're, yeah, they're kind of me. like, hello. But there's no one saying you have to get two hours of writing in today. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which is also a challenge yep. in and of itself, but I'm I'm a self motivator. You so are. I don't okay. have. I'm not someone who really procrastinates. Yeah. Okay. And what are you What are you reading this summer? What's What's going to be on your own 
personal summer reading list other than um, other than probably re- rereading Pretty Revenge? Well, I get a lot of advanced copies, so I will say books that people should read this okay. summer. Yeah, which are Dear Wife by Kimberly Bell was phenomenal. Um, Jane Green's new book, the, I think it's The Friends We Keep. I hope I got that right. Um, Liv Constantine's new book, Last Time I Saw You. Liz Fenton and Lisa Steinecke's new book. Oh, gosh. So many others that I want. Jen Weiner, Jen Weiner's new book. Jen Weiner, Jen Weiner. Uh, she's awesome. Mrs. Mrs. Everything, I want to say it's called. Yeah, those are some good ones okay. this summer. And they're all out this summer. Okay, I like they're that. All, most I need, of them I need are some out. new ideas. Some so. of them are out already and some okay. of them are coming out. Okay. And it's, are, do you have like a, a crew of authors that you're like, buddies with I, I feel like you yeah yeah I do. do you I guys all great... help each other like yes, support each other and bounce ideas off each other mm-hmm. I like that I feel like you kind of need that right yeah absolutely yeah it's absolutely. important to have that kind of tribe then you're all doing the same thing so you exactly. can totally relate to each other and help each other navigate all the Hundred the roller coaster ride yep. of being an author. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that it is now as a mom I'm sure something that is on your mind a lot is trying to make sure that your kids are reading and that they like reading, right? So do yes. you have any do you have any advice for people that moms and dads that are listening about how to get your kids to enjoy books more, Read especially with because them. they're always on their screens? You can't well first of all you got to limit screen time. Yeah. Um, secondly, you have to read with your kids because they won't like to read independently. If, unless you're reading with them. And even when they do already like to read independently, I think it's nice to read with them. You can set a regular time at night before they go to bed. If that's not good, do it during the weekend day, whatever it is, you know, be, be there present with them reading. I love that advice. Okay. I got to work on this a little bit more. It's so hard in the summer, <laughs> it's right? Hard. It's, it's okay to let yourself off the I hook know, occasionally. I know. But it's just, yeah, we, um, we, we, we got off schedule a little bit, a little bit when it comes to the summer. So tell us what's next. I know you, you said you already have another book that's written. So when does that come out and what's the process mm. there? And then what else are you working on? So as with my other deals, the Pretty Revenge deal was a two-book deal with Simon & Schuster. So my next as-yet-titled book. Oh, so no title no yet. No title okay. yet. We're working on that. Um, will be out summer 2020. Okay, so next summer. Don't, they don't do the calendar yep. for, you know, a couple more months. So, um, But it will be a summer 2020 book as-yet-titled. It is about, I can give a little sneak peek. Yes. It's about hear. a famous crime author whose daughter is abducted and killed and she flees. She disappears because she can't face it. She can't face anyone. She doesn't want to write anymore. She doesn't turn in her next book that's due. And another woman who has just been divorced and is sort of trying to get her journalism mojo back from a career she had and makes it her mission to find the woman who has disappeared and tell her story. And in doing so, she entangles herself with the killer. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> and does it realize it's the killer? or does, does she, Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. This sounds so good. So, okay. dun, dun, dun. So stay tuned on that one, right? <laughs> exactly. Okay, that one sounds good. So that's next summer. That is next summer. Okay, I like that. Now, what about Instagram? How can everyone find you? I feel like you're really good at Instagram, so. Yep, I'm at Emily Liebert on Instagram. I'm at author Emily Liebert on Facebook. If you want to just have a cheat sheet, you can go to emilyliebert.com and all of my social media is there. You can just click on it. Um, Also, I should add that my other four novels were just optioned, hopefully, to be turned into TV or film. And there is some very serious interest on Pretty Revenge oh my from gosh, a bunch that's of producers. A, that's incredible, so Emily. That oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. I mean, okay. Well, you have to salt, keep us posted. You know, but that's so exciting because that's never happened before. It has happened a couple of times. Oh, it has. Yeah. Okay. But this, but in a much bigger way. Okay. This time. So, so this seems yep. like it could actually. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. Yeah, super exciting. Oh my gosh, congratulations! I reserve the excitement for when I see it on the television. Yeah, I know. Or movie I know. Screen. You want to wait till it's like <laughs> exactly. really real. Until it's real. Yeah. No, I love it. Okay. Well, everyone, make sure that you're picking up Pretty Revenge. It's available now wherever you buy your books. And as Emily said, it's also available on Audible, so make sure you're downloading that. And I'm just so excited that you came over. I'm so excited that I came over. I know. This is so fun. We have so many mutual friends, and we yeah, finally got to meet. I mean, meet. I never would have seen your daughter's bedroom, I know, probably, I know. if not for this. I know. See, now you're, when you meet- Even though we're friends. Now now that you're, when you meet Blaine, you're going to be like, Blaine, I love your room. She's <laughs> totally. going to be like, okay, wait, what's going on? Who is this stranger? Who is this woman? Well, thank you so much to our thank special you. guest, Emily Lieber. Make sure that everyone is um, picking up her new suspense novel again. Pretty Revenge, and make sure you're following at Emily Liebert on Instagram. So we know the gram is our jam. Thank you all so much for listening. I'm so grateful for all of you. I know that I would never be here without all of you supporting me and inspiring me to be a kinder, better person every single day. Stay tuned for next week's podcast. Remember, you can find us on iTunes and Spotify, and now we're also on Stitcher. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast too. And please share this with a friend. If you have a friend who's interested in reading Pretty Revenge or you have a friend who's an author or has a book idea, please share this episode with a friend so they can learn much more about Emily Liebert. The mission of this podcast is to get better together as a community right here in the audio space. For now, I am your host, Nina Clark. Please be sure to connect with me on Instagram as well, because you guys know that Graham is my jam. Thank you again for listening, and let's keep being awesome. Awesome.